Hi guys, thanks for listening to Library Overload. This is Susie. And this is Tavia. As always, feel free to check us out on Instagram. We are Library Overload there. We post pictures of all the books that we read and we have fun discussions there. We're also Insta-storying now, which has been a fun little thing to figure out. Yeah. <laughs> and then also I will list all the books we discuss in every single episode on our blog. It's libraryoverload.home.blog. So today we are going to do a cozy slash wintertime read session. Although it is like 65 degrees outside I know. in the south. Global warming, y'all. It's a thing. Yeah, no. I'm, we have the windows open. I am house. literally walking around in a tank top today. It's dumb. So when we planned this cozy episode, we thought it'd be cold in January. No. It's not. But it's okay because a cozy read, at least for me, is more of a book that will keep you indoors and keep you kind of captivated. And so that's what kind of a winter read is for me. Like it doesn't have to be specifically themed like it's winter, but it needs to be something that I am totally okay with staying inside, snuggling up with an animal Mm -hmm. and some coffee or drank i've been having hot chocolate see that sounds lovely that sounds lovely i also discovered this kind of ridiculous thing what it's the fake fireplace videos oh my gosh i have seen you on instagram like but it's like such perfect background noise just the cracking of fire oh my goodness i would lose my mind no it sounds so peaceful and relaxing my favorite background noise when i read is I have a Pride and Prejudice, the 2009 five one, the soundtrack on Mm -hmm. Pandora, and then it goes into like the holidays soundtrack. It'll have some Harry Potter in there, Mm -hmm. and it's just all instrumental, very soothing. It's wonderful. I like that, but the fireplace has seemed just cozy. When it's hot as balls out. (laughs) Well, it's not been, it wasn't hot when I first found it. Like I think I found it on Christmas Eve or something like that. But it was, um, it's 12 hours. <laughs> it's a 12 hour loop. So I just put it on and I don't ever have to like touch it again. That's and it's awesome. Just, the dog lays there all quiet. I have the book. It's cozy. That's been my prime reading spot for this episode. I love it. Yeah. And that's exactly what we were looking yes. for. So mm-hmm. I am very excited. I have three incredibly different books. Yeah, mine are kind of all over the place too. I like it. So I am pleased. Yes. Would you like to go first? Sure. The first one that I am going to talk about is And Then There Were None by Agatha Christie. Very nice. Dame Agatha. I've, I've been in a little bit of a kick recently. Um, I have another one that I'll talk about on our What We've Been Reading episode. But this one is perfect for staying in and being warm and snuggly and also being well protected mm-hmm. <laughs> and safe. <laughs> is it creepy? It's a bit creepy. Yeah. Interesting. It's not like super creepy because she's still like the queen of the cozy mystery, but it's it's definitely intriguing. Okay. And they actually made a mini series on this uh, that's on Amazon Prime. It's Ooh. only two episodes, but they're like an hour and a half long each. It's really really good. So you watched those? Yeah. 
Did, were they true to the mm-hmm. nice? Yeah. They added a little bit of things here and there just to kind of splash it up. Like there was sure. a love interest that wasn't in the book. Gotcha. But um, Daniel actually watched them with me and he enjoyed it. Nice. So. Very good. Basically, the plot is 10 people are invited to a remote island for a weekend, like holiday, a house party. They used to have house parties. Okay. But the boat, the house, again, on this really remote island in Devon in the where, 30s. Where the hell is Devon? Uh, it's the coast of England. Okay. It's like I was like, what between, continent are we on? It's it's facing the channel. English channel. Okay. Um, it's Sure, I'm there. I'm there with you now. Mm-hmm. The okay. channel. Okay. Yes. I think that's where it is. Maybe, I, maybe that's the cliffs of Dover and I'm way wrong, but... I was thinking that that was where Devon is. Okay. I think that that is Dover. It would not mean anything to me if you were wrong. It's the coast in England. Since England is an island, pick one. Yes, there. Mm-hmm. Um, are there moors? There are no moors on the remote island. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> but wouldn't it be moors? The moors? No. That's what the people who are from the Moors say because they have that really thick accent. I'm going to say Moors. Okay. Because it's Moors. Okay. Anyway, this really is not a humorous book in the least. I'm sorry. I keep talking British recently because all I've been doing is watching Great British Breaking Show. It's amazing. And I'm doing an eight strand braided loaf today. Nice. But Paul Hollywood calls it a plaited loaf. Yes. And so I've been saying, I'm making a plaited loaf. And they're like, what? I was like, it's an eight strand braid. But it just doesn't sound as cool. It does not. So I'm just going to keep calling it a plaited loaf. (laughs) Continue, please. Well, anyway, these 12 people, it's like 1938 or 39. And there's no telephone on the island. Okay. You can only get there by boat. Sure. But not just any boat. Like just this one boat driven by this one guy. That's the only boat? Yes. Okay. That's the only way to get over to the island because it's a privately owned island. Okay. All of these 10 people received letters from a person that said that they had known them in some capacity or were hiring them for a job. So they've never actually met the host. Interesting. Well, they all get there and then they all start being killed Uh. in the order of a poem called The Ten Little Soldiers that is hanging up in everybody's room so they're all being killed in order of the poem oh lord and you're trying to figure out on an island with only 10 people on it who's the killer right and they're trapped there because the storm rolls in the boat can't come there's no telephone they're stuck mm-hmm. and they're being hunted mm-hmm. and it's brilliant <laughs> did you figure out who it was no nice no i did not i was really surprised way to go miss christy yeah i was like <laughs> it really when we watch the tv show didn't yeah. figure it out either that's like, really good it's like what oh my god how did she even think that that's, that's brilliant that's cool yeah but i felt like just the atmosphere of the book is perfect for like staying in on a on a like a dark yeah stormy night mm-hmm. like the being, like yes. last night two nights yeah. last night yeah it was really like thunderstormy and tornado-y and that would have been a good night to read Mm -hmm. Hmm. it was very good though 
It was, it's her best-selling novel of all time. Interesting. I thought it would have been one that I'm more familiar mm-hmm. with, but I guess just because movies have been made about, like, yeah. Murder on the Orient Express mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but. It's actually a, like, a standalone. It's not, like, the Murder on the Orient Express is the Hercule Poirot, mm-hmm. and then there's the Miss Marple, who okay. I love too, but this one's just a standalone. There's okay. Like no detective or whatever. Gotcha. And the narrator's kind of each person in their own. Gotcha. And it's really, really cool. Like they all have a secret. Nice. And it's really good. That's cool. Yeah. I'll have to check it out then. It's a short book too. All of her books are relatively yeah. short. Yeah. I do remember Murder on the Orient Express being very. Apparently, people very short. in the 30s did not have long attention spans. Apparently. Well, they were all, you know, drinking champagne in their flapper dresses, right? That That's was the what... 20s. Well, then what the hell were they doing in the 30s? The Great Depression in America. I don't know what they did in England. They probably went to the Moors. Yes, they probably did go to the Moors. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, <laughs> so I'm going to take us to the 1890s. and I like it when you read period stuff. I know, and you know, guys, I really, really liked this book. And y'all know I'm not a period type of person. Like, I don't like historical fiction. I think you do. You just don't want to tell yourself that you do because you read a lot of it that you like. I think I just choose good ones. When I finally do read it, I think I just am super picky with what I what I read because okay. I don't just willy-nilly read it like you do like you just you're like oh the holocaust <laughs> I am very excited about the holocaust <laughs> so I read the Lux by Anna Godberson which is one that I t- I've mentioned several times this mm-hmm. is one that I mentioned in our gorgeous covers episode with yes. Caitlin this is another one that I talked about in our uh, used bookstore uh, extravaganza mm-hmm. because this is one that I saw at our local used bookstore thought it was gorgeous and bought the entire series without ever having read them like I didn't know even what they were about so this year, Tavy and I are trying to clear off our bookshelves, read stuff that we own. Yes. So. Uh, I have not bought any books thus far in January. We're almost halfway through. So proud. I've bought zero books. So proud. Yes. I have not either. So the Lux follows Elizabeth and Diana Holland. They, well, Elizabeth especially is very much the perfect woman like the perfect i don't know what they were i guess bells like they well they're not cellared well i'm southern i was gonna say debutantes but i was like well she the society girl yes that word (laughs) yes so she is just the perfect society girl she knows exactly what dress to order for every event that she attends she is perfectly poised she is knowledgeable in all the arts that a woman should be she's the perfect dream wife of all of these gentlemen callers well the book opens up at elizabeth's funeral oh like literally it opens up with her best friend walking into the funeral her mother walks into her the funeral the door shut Funeral starts, and then her younger sister, Diana, runs in late with a very odd smirk on her face. All right. So then you go back and you figure out her last couple of months. Oh. It's very interesting. So Elizabeth and Diana's father passed away many years ago. And uh, come to find out, uh, recently they've discovered that he left them 
uh, in dire dire situations, and they are quite destitute. Oh, dear. And so, of course, her mother is like, Elizabeth, you're going to have to take one for the team, and you're going to have to marry this guy, Mm -hmm. who is the complete opposite of what Elizabeth would want, because she's in love with their coachman. Oh. And so it's just this... What do I, what do I do in regards to my heart? What do I do in regards to my family? And Henry Schumacher is the man, the gentleman that could potentially save their family, but he is. It's like Titanic. It's crazy, but he is not a gentleman. Oh. And he, it's. They never are. It's such a mess. And oh my God, it was so good. It was so good. And I kept, awesome. I kept thinking like, okay, this is, I, I think this is what's going to happen. But then it was like, oh no, like, nope, nope, it's not. So this one is, uh, I think it's a four book series. I, uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's a four book series. I'm so sorry. I didn't check beforehand, but so this one ends ishly. But I think it will continue on. Mm-hmm. But I'm not. I haven't started the next book oh. because it didn't leave me in such a what happened? Like, what happened? So it does kind of end. And I think the next one will pick up with her sister because, of course, Elizabeth is dead. Interesting. So it's very good. You know, the beautiful balls, the princess dresses, mm-hmm. the wedding gown that she's having made. Oh. Like, it's just. It's spectacular. Nice. So colorful, so vivid. Yeah. I read it in almost one sitting. Nice. Like, it was very, very good. That's Loved awesome. it so much. Yes. Awesome. Yes. You sh- yeah, I think you would like it too. Okay. I am moving on. I think that fantasy, like a good fantasy book, is a perfect thing to get lost in and Always. stay in. Always. Yes. yes. So I'm going to talk about The Sin Eater's Daughter. I've heard lots of things about this. And this is a series. Okay. Um, it's three books at, at least. I don't, I think it's finished. I okay. think she stopped at three, but I did not look at that either. We're terrible hosts. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I will look stuff up and put it in show notes. <laughs> um, and that's by Melinda Salisbury. And that's really, really cool. So, it's... so this one had a very different premise. Like I've never heard another. Basically Twilla is uh, she's 16 and she's betrothed to the prince but she's also the the executioner of the kingdom so basically she is a goddess embodied and her skin is poisonous to the touch like she cannot touch anybody oh my goodness except for the prince because he's the royal family he's divine he's immune to her Whatever. So that's like the only man she can be in love with. Or she can marry, I mean. Gotcha. They can touch her. Is is she an X-Men? She's not Um. an X-Men. But she basically is the queen's puppet. Mm. Kind Kind of an evil queen situation. Of course. They always are. But then, like, people avoid her because obviously she's poisonous. Um, But she gets assigned a new guard who is not afraid of her. And sparks fly. Oh my goodness. But she's betrothed to the prince. Of course. But he's been away for a couple of years. So now he comes home and it's like the prince is there and he's the only one that can actually touch her. But then her guard is there and he's not afraid of her and he makes her see things differently. It's like, what will she do? Mm. And then a shocking 
secret is revealed. Oh my goodness. Shocking. Were you shocked? I was actually. I was like, what? I did not see that coming. (laughs) And I really am intrigued to read the next book. I just don't have time for it right now. Mm. But I really do. And the covers are gorgeous. Really? Yes. They're very Is it the one with the apple on it? No, it's like she's in a a, a sphere. Okay. And she's floating in red and blue liquid. Mm -hmm. And the cover's all green on the side. They're like just really vibrant colors Mm -hmm. on all three of the covers. Yeah. But it was just, it was really cool. Like, the world building was really incredible. Nice. Yeah. Was this one that you own, or did you borrow this? I got it on Scribed. Okay. And I had put it as one to read before we started this ridiculous plan. Gotcha. (laughs) This was on you. (laughs) Well, what had happened was... I made a mistake of telling my husband how many it books really I It really was own. a bad decision. It was the worst decision ever. So when I told him how many books I owned and how many of those I hadn't read yet, then he like immediately texted your husband and things happen. And Well, mine, Daniel keeps saying like, Chris and I are on the notebooks here. Nah, and I'm like, Chris really doesn't care. <laughs> like it, it bothers me more than it does him. Well, that's good. Because Chris didn't even ask me what, how many books... I own and haven't read like he just was like you have a lot of books and I know you haven't read all of them (laughs) so you need to read them and I was like I'm working on it like I've I set up my my little cart full of books that I haven't read and I'm just gonna as I pull them out and read them I'll restock it you're coming out at more of a financial situation because you guys are trying to to get into a house this year right yeah we just had a hella big wedding and we have to buy a stupid house so it's not necessarily that you're on a book by man because you have too many books. You're just trying to save money. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I don't really want to get rid of them because mm-hmm. I want a library. Like yeah. it's always been a goal of mine. Mm-hmm. And in the last house that we almost bought, I had a room mm-hmm. set up ready <laughs> for a library. Yes. So like that's happening. That's so I thing. don't really want to get rid of books. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure that I'm reading the ones that I own. Yes. I want to take all of the books that I haven't read and prioritize Mm -hmm. room on my shelves for finishing out series that I have loved. Yeah. So like I don't own all of the Throne of Glass series, but I own several books that I have not read that I may not love as much. Right. So like shuffling things out, my priorities just, I need to check on that. Yeah. And I'm the same way. Like I would love to keep all of them, but if I read a few books and I'm like, I'm never going to read this again. Mm-hmm. Or it just doesn't, it didn't sing to me. Like, yeah. I probably won't keep it. So again, that'll just free up more space yes. for better books. And finish finishing out series that I don't, yes. that I haven't completed we either. to sort out our priorities. Yes. As Ron would say. <laughs> okay. Are you done with your book? Yes. Okay. Mine. I can't tell too much about it because it'll gotcha. get away. No, I get it. And sometimes fantasy books are like that. Like you just have to kind of give a little bit because too much will just ruin it. All right. My next one is a true crime. <laughs> but, Shocking. But this one is really, really neat. This is very different. So this is uh, Chase Darkness with Me, How One True Crime Writer Started Solving Murders. Ooh. And this is by Billy Jensen. Nice. So Billy Jensen started off as a journalist finally got the chance to work on a murder and got so and his father used to read him from the newspaper the articles about murders and things like that and he remember he kind of 
connects his love for his father is the same as his love for true crime and trying to solve mysteries and murders and things like that. He is also one of the guys on the Murder Squad podcast. Oh, and it's, I thought I had heard that name before. Um, Caitlin also really loves him, so you may have heard her talk about him as well. But they only talk about unsolved murders, and they ask... If you were in this area in 1993, if you have any pictures from this specific festival or this concert, can we please see them? Maybe someone is in the background. Like, they use the crowd to help. And they've actually gotten a lot of clues. Nice. And it's really cool. And I keep waiting for them to mention a murder that I was, like, around (laughs) so I can help. (laughs) I want to help solve crime. I find it very soothing that you have been around zero murders, though. (laughs) You don't know, (laughs) Tavia. I I don't want to be around any of these murders. So if you're around them, I'm around them. (laughs) Maybe in my past, Tavia, you haven't known me for forever. Maybe in your past life, you were a criminal. Yes, yes. But then I wouldn't want those crimes solved. So shush. So anyways, so Billy Jensen has actually done this really cool thing where he figured out that social media could help solve crimes. Oh, yeah. So his very first uh, unsolved crime that he kind of says to himself, like, I'm going to solve this. This is on me to solve. And it's a, a video of a intersection. This guy hits someone. He falls. And then he gets run over by a car. So the hit didn't kill him, but it was definitely a part yeah. a part of his death. So Billy's like, okay, I am looking for this man in the green hoodie. And so he gets all the video footage he can, kind of, he fixes it, tweaks it as much as he could to make sure that it's as clear as possible. Mm-hmm. And... Go, I believe this was in Chicago. And so he finds that neighborhood and uses Facebook, pays for ads in that specific neighborhood in two in a two-mile diameter of a radius of that area mm-hmm. and sends everyone in that area ads and videos uh-huh. of this man and finds out who it is and gets the crime solved. Wow, that's awesome. So he uses social media as a way to pinpoint a specific area in a mm-hmm. specific town and sends ads to everyone. That's pretty cool. And it's so, so cool. And at the end of it, he tells you how you could start doing this and how oh. you could help out with your local police department and when things like that. When can we expect your blog to be launched for this? Um, I've already been deputized, so... <laughs> By who? Billy Jensen! <laughs> Nobody relevant around here. Yourself doesn't count. (laughs) Yes, it does. Um, So it's just very fascinating. It's a quick read, but it kind of makes you just be like, I could solve crime. I can do it. Like it just. Citizens arrest. Yes. Citizens arrest. It's just, it's just really, really neat. It's very interesting. It's different than other true true crime books where it's not so much talking about the actual crime itself or the Mm -hmm. actual criminal. It's more about how one person decided to get involved and helped solve some some crimes and it's really interesting i thoroughly enjoyed it i feel like somebody somewhere is going that meddling man (laughs) but you know shaking their fist (laughs) yes (laughs) but you know i get it it's cool Mm -hmm. Cool. you're damn right it's cool (laughs) okay 
I have saved the best for last. I'm excited. I loved this book. I actually asked Susie if I could give it more than five stars. And you can. Goodreads won't allow it. <laughs> In Susie's world. Yes. I yes, would give it can. like six yes, stars. Yes, you can. <laughs> That's funny. This is Last Christmas in Paris, mm-hmm. and that is by Hazel Gaynor and Heather Webb. And if you'll remember, Hazel Gaynor wrote The Girl Who Came Home, which was the story of the Titanic. I did not remember, but thank you for bringing you're, that up to But it was about the girl, the Irish girl who was on the Titanic. I do recall you talking about it, yes. There was an old woman in that story. Thank God. There's an old man in this one. Oh. Yes. It's a story of World War One, but it's an epistolary novel. Oh my god, our last books are so similar. What? That's Keep amazing. Going. It is the story of Evie and Tom and how they start writing letters at the beginning of World War One, at the outbreak of World War One in nineteen fourteen. And he is her brother's childhood friend. Okay. So she's writing letters to him and she's writing letters to her brother. And it's about how through letters, during the midst of World War One, they fall in love with each other. Of course they do. It's so beautiful. Just like, I read it so fast, I couldn't put it down. Mm. It was so, it like just sucked you in. But sprinkled in the middle of the story are scenes from 1968 where Tom has gone to Paris Evie has just passed away, and he is really sick, and it's going to be his last Christmas in Paris. And he takes all of their letters that they wrote that she kept all these years and reads them on Christmas Eve in Paris. That sounds devastating. No, it's beautiful. It's like the notebook kind of love where they, like, you know, die at the same time. But, like, the good kind of devastating. Like, their love was so grand. Yes. I cried and cried and cried. It was beautiful. It was literally so beautiful. No, I know. And, like, you know, they're British and they're aristocracy, so they're kind of stuffy about, you know, not wanting to tell each other how they feel. Mm -hmm. And then, obviously, it's World War I, so tragic things happen. And they almost miss each other. And they finally get it out. But it's just, and they both love poetry and literature, literature. (laughs) So they talk about that in their letters and just, they're both beautiful writers and it was just beautiful. It was a beautiful, beautiful love story. I love it. That sounds charming. It really was. And devastating. Yes. But it was like the perfect, no, I can't come to dinner. I have plans. I'm staying in Mm -hmm. reading by my crackling YouTube. (laughs) fireplace <laughs> you know hulu did that as well there was a crackling mm-hmm. fireplace and there was also the fireplace in um hiccups house from how to oh, train your funny. dragon and yeah, like you'd see their huge yule mantle with the fire and then all of a sudden a dragon would like swoop <laughs> oh, in like it was really cute that's super cute but yes last christmas in paris it was like i don't have enough wonderful words to say about it it was just so so beautiful That sounds like a lovely winter read. It was. Mm. My next one is a middle grade. So this one is one I heard about a few months ago and just thought it was, it sounded so precious. So this is called 
Two Night Owl from Dogfish. And this is by Holly Goldberg Sloan and Meg Wolitzer. Meg Wolitzer is a pretty big literary uh, novelist. And so I thought it was really interesting that she got involved in a middle grade. And it ended up being so freaking adorable. Like it was so sweet. So this follows... This is also a epistolary novel. So this is emails, text messages, uh, things like letters, things like that. So Avery Bloom lives in New York City with her father. She is very um, meticulous, very OCD, hypochondriac, very like set in her ways. We do things only this way I only go to this camp every year I only like just very specific meanwhile Bet Devlin lives in California with her father and she is wild she surfs she rescues animals she does all of these just super crazy things that Avery would just never ever find herself doing well one day Bet receives a random email from a girl named Avery that says, Hello, I found your information from your school's website. They probably need better security because I was able to find your email address on there. Um, it's come to my attention that my father is supposedly dating your father. And they are going to try and send us to camp together so we can get along so that they can date and um, possibly get married in the future. And Bet is, of course, like, no, no. My dad would tell me if he was dating someone. So this is not true. And then, of course, they approach both of their fathers, and it is true, and they have to go to camp together, and they're being forced to be friends, and it's terrible, and it's just like Parent Trap. Nice. And so they become super close but through some crazy events happen Mm -hmm. and then the ending is just like oh oh i didn't i didn't even see this coming like but it's so sweet it's so adorable it's just two little girls not ready to give up their dads not ready to replace one of their dads that passed away and it's just a kerfuffle and it's it's so sweet it's so so adorable i read it in one sitting it's a middle grade so it's a quick read Mm -hmm. but it was really really cute but i also it was mostly through the summer because summer camps were talked about and things like that so if it's really really cold outside or if it's miserably rainy like it gets here in january it's the perfect book to kind of take you out of Mm -hmm. that and kind of distract you I thought it was charming. Yes, it was just charming. I thought it was so adorable. It lived up to the hype in my head. And I just, I loved it. That was precious. That's awesome. That sounds adorable. It is. Are those their nicknames or something? Is that how that comes in? Yes. They somehow come up with nicknames. And so they write in code. And one of them is Night Owl. And one is Dogfish. Nice. Dogfish is obviously Bet. And Night Owl is Avery. All right. (laughs) I call Portia cat dog. I have a cat dog, but it is a cat that is like a dog. And I have a dog that is like a cat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
How interesting. Yeah. I uh, mistakenly gave my cat a teeny tiny piece of turkey <laughs> on Christmas. And that was a bad decision because yes. the rest of the week I had to sh- like shove him off the counters in my kitchen because he was looking for turkey. Like, and it was just constant. <laughs> Just the whole time. Is that how he sounds? Yes. He doesn't, he doesn't meow. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's precious. But no, like I thought, I thought I was going to have to kill him because he apparently likes people food. And when we give the dogs treats, he's like, where's, where's mine? Like he'll come paw. Like where's, where's my treat? Well, he was raised with dogs. So he, he needs to be a dog too. Him a cat dog. Well, I hope you guys have been cozy. Yes. I thoroughly enjoyed all of my cozy reads. I did too. I loved them. I really, really enjoyed them. There's one book that I have not read, but I really meant to, and I just ran out of time. And this is called Sleeping Giants by Sylvain Nouvelle. And this is a trilogy. It is finished, but it sounds just my kind of weird but also mm-hmm. like super enraptioning. Enraptioning? That's not a word. Mm-mm. What am I trying to say? You would be enraptured? Maybe. I, I don't think there's a a form of that that makes it a verb. Enraptured. Super interesting. Cool. So this follows a girl named Rosa. And one day when she's out riding her bike, she falls through like a like a cavern or a sinkhole falls through and you are struggling i know (laughs) i don't know so she thought she falls through a sinkhole and finds herself in a giant metal hand oh that's not where you want to be no so 17 years later this little girl rose is now a very highly trained physicist because of everything that happened with this giant metal hand. And she's leading a top secret team to kind of crack the code of what is this? Is this alien? Is this what at like, is this like the Mayans, you know, did this or whatever. It's just like, (laughs) why why would the Mayans have done it? I don't know. They did the calendar. I don't know. So it's just, they're trying to figure, (laughs) trying to figure this out. But most perplexing of all is different body parts that go along with this giant hand are found all over the earth. That's terrifying. Yes. But it's kind of like my iron giant. It's a little bit of... Journey to the center of the earth. Yes. Like it's just a little bit of all these awesomely weird Mm -hmm. stories kind of all combined into one. And Mm -hmm. I'm super fascinated with it. It's one of the books that I desperately want to tackle this year. I even got the book last year from the library Mm -hmm. and had to take it back. I was so mad. I've had to do that so much this year. I've got to cool it on my library holds. I'm going to try to not check out any physical books until I get through some of my stuff. That makes sense. But I, I've started one that I own. I'm so proud. You know, it's the small <laughs> victories. It's the baby steps in life. No, I, I completely celebrate. agree. The Lux was one that I owned. Uh, Chase, Dark with, Chase Darkness with me and uh, Two Night Owl from Dogfish were both mm-hmm. library books. So it's baby steps for yes. sure. I would like to not purchase any books 
other than our buddy Reed, I think I'm going to have to purchase. I borrowed it from the library. So that does bring us to our buddy Reed, which we are going to do next episode. And that is going to be She Said, and that's Breaking the Sexual Harassment Story That Helped Ignite a Movement. That's by Jody Cantor and Megan Tui. And that is going to be our buddy read next week that we're going to talk about. So if you want to get that and tag along, yes. I am really intrigued to listen to it. This is one that Susie brought up and then I was severely disappointed she didn't pick. <laughs> she picked that beer book instead. And it was so good and I am not upset about it. So I was like, yes, I'm taking this one for my January buddy read. Um, and this is uh, this is kind of the Harvey Weinstein case. The Me Too movement. Yes, it's what started the Me Too movement. So it's going to be fascinating yes. and infuriating. Yes, let, but I'm I'm very excited to read it. I think it'll be very thought provoking. Yes, I think it'll bring up a lot of conversation pieces, all of that. And I'm very, very excited to start it. I actually got the email today that my ebook is oh, ready nice. to read. Exciting. So I'm going to start at work tomorrow. So nice. I'm, I'm pumped. Yeah, I am excited to get started on it too. And I don't know about you, I, but I think for me, I would like to use some of my buddy reads this year to do a little bit more thought-provoking, um, to do a little bit more thought-provoking reads that give us more discussion points. Sure. Um, instead of like I've picked in the past some that were just like fantasy novels and stuff like that but I'd like to kind of push the boundaries a little bit on that this year you can absolutely do that yeah I want to read Jurassic Park (laughs) that's gonna push my boundary (laughs) see and the movie's fantastic so the book just has to be crazy good yeah my friend Kevin uh it's his favorite book of all time and he actually got a tattoo from the book one of the drawings in the book yeah well, Kevin's weird, so. Kevin's awesome, and I will tell him that you said that. I love Kevin, and he <laughs> knows it, and I'll tell him myself. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, at least you know Tavia's next book and what yes. book we'll be talking about next next week, next episode. And I will figure out what I want to read, whether it be Jurassic Park or not. We will see. And Tavia will read it and like it. I will read it. That is the thing that will happen. And like it. I will read it. <laughs> I don't like the movies. I can't imagine liking the book. What? What kind of monster are you that doesn't like Jurassic Park? What kind of monster are you that you like to watch people get eaten? Well, they messed up. They created the monsters. And then they kept doing it. So there were more movies. If I it, know. I were in charge, there would have been only the one movie because we would have figured it the heck out. Tavia, you wouldn't create dinosaurs. This is true. It's terrifying. Why would you do that? Dinosaurs are awesome and they, you shush. They are extinct for a good reason. Because meteors. That's not a good reason. They didn't even have a chance to fight back. I'm very concerned about what you think a dinosaur would be like to be around. Spectacular. Terrifying. Awe-inspiring. No, oh, not the Brachiosauruses. Well, it'd probably step on you, though. Not Littlefoot. Yeah. You're confused about how this is going to go down if you're basing <laughs> it on the land before time. <laughs> I assure you that's not how it's going to go. No, they would be my friends. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, we will get out of here for now. <laughs> Let you guys have some time back in your life. <laughs> they love it. Okay. Bye. bye.